Welcome to the Cabin Cast, your getaway primer. Hello. Hey, Eric. So we have a fantastic interview to share with you guys, and we'll we'll do a little introduction on our interviewee a little bit later, but it is about camping, and I kind of want to know, what, what is your experience with camping, and what, what do you do? Well, right now, my family, we're tent people. Okay. So we take the tent, and we sleep on the ground, and... um you know, cook over the fire is, you know, kind of as rustic as we can get it. My husband and I started camping together, you know, right away. We had the tiniest little pop-up tent you've ever seen. Like, we still laugh about it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to get hysterical. But every time, because <laughs> my husband's like 6'5". Yep. And back then, when we first got married, he was still this big football player. And so every time he'd roll over, all the <laughs> dew from the tent would just fall on us because he couldn't even fit in there, basically. But um, so it's been fun to watch the progression of our tents growing and getting nicer. And then um, as a kid, though, we would camp and we had one of those, um, the pop up ones where it pops up and then the sides go out. And you felt like you had your own little cave to go in and your little bed on the side. And and that was so much fun. I, I love those memories with my family growing up. And then as my with my family as a mom, just camping is a really special time to to spend together. How about you? Yeah, so our kids are so little, we haven't done like the full on take the kids out in, in tents and camp yet, but it, we're getting closer. I'd say within the next few years, we'll be planning an adventure out there and, and crashing and camping. And uh, Sam and I used to camp before we had kids. We just get, you know, your your typical dome tent, do the nice campfire. We There's a, a spot north of Eagle River where you can go up, leave our bikes at the campsite, run up and then canoe down and this long river and then bike back to get our car Mm -hmm. later afterwards. And it was really fun. And then we camped by the river, but the person we're interviewing tonight or today had such a wonderful experience with her camping light that she started an entire business based on it. So we're interviewing Janine Pettit from girl camper and her story is fantastic. She talks about, so many wonderful things and what really stuck with me from the interview. And we get into this a little bit later in the interview is just building that sense of competence and taking on something that is such an adventure and And knowing you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and learning along the way. And she built an entire community of women that help each other get into this, whether they camp in tents, Mm -hmm. little pop-up tents, the backs of vehicles. I mean, her logo has that, you know, your typical cool retro lines in it. And when you first introduced her and said, Hey, we're going to interview Janine. I saw that. I thought it was just about, you know, just about RVing. Right. And she is actually a blog writer for go RVing, but she is so inclusive in the people that she brings along and in her mindset. And she has these groups of women all over the country now, and there's different chapters that get together and share these experiences and adventures together. And I mean, her story's really special and I, I just can't amuse, imagine how much joy these women getting together in all these different places yeah. and the adventures they have. Yeah. The joy just comes out of Janine. You can just, you're so excited and, and whether you're thinking about camping, um, 
you know, joining these groups of women or thinking about camping with your family or with your spouse, you know, just the excitement of the adventure comes out in this story for everybody. I mean, everybody's going to find some inspiration in this and um, just about, we talked about keep staying young, you know, keep learning new things, keep going on adventures. It's just going to inspire all our listeners. Yeah, getting outside a cell phone reception. And yeah. then she even has some really fantastic tips for, like buying a camper and then where you can rent it to make yep. actual money back and have other people pay for your camper. So listen up for that. There's some awesome tips in there and just, uh, you know, just in general, her enthusiasm and, and taking something that is recreational and turning it into a business, but it's really something meant just to help people. It's, it's her enthusiasm and her enthusiasm spreading to all these places around the country. So, I mean, if you're looking for visuals, you know, we'll do all the links. We talk about that in the episode. Her Instagram page is stunning. There's some awesome retro campers in there. And then she talks about, you know, what does it take to take a retro camper that's leaking and has all kinds of problems and bring it back to life? And should you right. do that? So, well, and last spring, I, or last fall, I bought a vintage oh, yeah, camper. You did. Yeah. In 1974, my birth year, Yellowstone, it's red and white. It's the little cutie camper. And it's in really good shape. I have no plans to take it across the country or any of that. It's to go local and really what my plan is. And people can follow along on my socials. I can share some on the cabin cast too, as I um, am about to change up how it is inside. Oh, fun. Because uh, my husband loves to go work on his, uh, on our land Um and so I'm going to take it as my little mobile office. So we'll pull it out there when he's working on the land all day and I can sit and write and he can come in and take a nap. And so we're fixing it up to be, you know, a special little mobile office for me and we can camp in it a little bit too. Oh, but that'll be fun to follow along with. Yeah. So that's, that's the project right now for me. Um, that'll be fun for sharing. It's kind of like girl camper. Like you said, you can see a lot of fun inspiration on there and in her magazine as well. Um, and podcast she has and a, a podcast, podcast well. too so there's a lot that we've been inspired by talking to her as well you know and another when we were talking about camping one of my favorite camping memories was um the year before covid my some of my friends have our their daughters are friends with my daughters which is really fun and so the daughters camped on one campsite and the moms camped right next to them so we each got to have our friends along and that was really special so you can go to a local campground and just take your friends along too you don't have to make it a big big adventure across the country you can just find a place close by yeah is take there, your friends is there any better feeling in the world of when you really like a couple or just people in general and then you notice that like your kids are getting along with their kids. You're like, it's Oh, this is so convenient. Yeah. This is great. They're making friends and I'm right? already friends with these people. And there's no worse feeling than when your kids are like, don't make friends. Like, Oh, I love these people, but our kids don't get along. Right? Like that's devastating. Yes. I know when the whole family gels together. Yeah. You know, that's great. It makes things so easy and, yeah. and it's so much fun. And I think there's just a kind of a circular encouragement that comes along where the kids are asking if they can hang out and it's like, Oh darn, I guess I get to hang out right? with my friends yeah, again. No problem. Yeah. yeah that's we have great. A, a bunch of those, you know, kind of people in our lives and, and that's really fun. And camping is one of those awesome activities for that. It, and Janine talks about why camping is such a great way to make friends and meet people yeah. too. That's another aspect of the interview that I loved. Yeah, I don't know if I told this story of a campsite before on the podcast, but I'll tell it again just because yeah. we always laugh about it. 
So we were, I, I went with my brother on a road trip and we were going down to Santa Fe from Fort Collins where he lived. And we ended up heading through Alamosa on our way down to Santa Fe. So it's Alamosa, Colorado, I believe. And there it's, it's the great sand dunes national park is there where you can actually rent a snowboard and go snowboarding down oh these sand gosh. dunes, which I crashed the hardest I've ever crashed in my life. I feel like snowboard. I ask you this every episode, but is there footage of that? No, I don't think, think there's footage we, can have this we should whole try i know i should show of eric's yeah, like know, water skiing craziness. sand duning or yeah. what do you call it i don't yeah, even know sand, what you call it <laughs> yeah sandboarding i think they called it but you wax this like a normal snowboard and go flying oh down gosh. these hills and you you know i'm not a very good snowboarder and i'm more of a skier <laughs> and yeah it i think i ended up doing like a ridiculous cartwheel across oh, like down the sand hill oh. but so we're staying at this campground i think it was like a kaia what are the uh, koa 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 would be a different type of camping experience yeah, yeah. but uh koa so we're there my brother and i get there and we we rented this little cottage they had these little just cabins with wood burning stoves so we uh went into town and got some gear and came back and we were sitting around the campfire and we were grilling out that night. So we had a, a little can of lighter fluid and probably used it to start our fire. Well, we noticed all these, these kids coming and kind of piling up and they came out of these, I don't know if it was a charter bus or a school bus or they were all in different vehicles. I didn't notice, but they were loud and having a good time. And there were a couple of campsites down. Well, a couple of the boys came over and they're like, Hey, we're boy scouts from New York city. Okay. Like downtown New York City Boy Scouts. And they're like, we can't get our fire started. Do you guys have any lighter fluid? I'm like, the, you can't get your fire started? Okay, <laughs> here you go. We hand the lighter fluid to these How Boy Scouts. How old were these boys? High school. Okay. High schoolers. Okay. These are high schoolers. Okay. These that, aren't nine-year-olds you gave lighter are, fluid to. <laughs> no. Yeah, probably still would have maybe at that point in my life. But didn't. Yeah, they were high schoolers. And it was funny because they had their, you know, the dads were the chaperones. And all. there's probably 10 or 12 boys. And we're waiting and we're, you know, having a couple of beers and all of a sudden we see this giant whoosh. Like how much lighter fluid did these boys use? <laughs> so then they came over and hand us back and there was about a quarter left in a brand new lighter fluid thing. So they'd used almost the entire thing. And they're like, come over and have some beers with us. <gasps> so we, so they like, didn't have their leader. The boy scout leader was not there. They were the dads. Yeah. The dads were with them, letting them, they were drinking Budweiser diesel. And we walked over and ended up just like, having a beer with the dads and it, <laughs> turning a blind eye to these high schoolers. But they had, they lit up the fire and we were just laughing because we were giving them crap because the, uh, I mean, what boy scout needs three, three quarters of a thing, of lighter fluid. They but didn't that, earn that patch. They didn't earn the light. Yeah. They were, they had <laughs> the other patches. Starter. Like, yeah, I don't know what inner city the Budweiser patch, patches diesel would patch. be. Yeah. The Bud diesel patch <laughs> came back home and they might all been graduates. I didn't, you know, we weren't, um, carding anyone. Yeah, carding anyone. <laughs> that was not our business, but it was pretty memorable from a campsite. Right. And those experiences happen. It's like, uh, I think we talked about single serving friends on airplanes in a, yeah. a previous episode. And you go to these campsites and Janine talks about how amazing it is to make a connection with someone where you spend a couple days with them and they don't end up being someone, you know, you end up remembering them and talking to them, whether it's over socials or just, you know, getting together with these people. Um, you know, in the future, it's, right. it's just different than like the people you meet on resorts or at, on other vacations. Cause you have those real conversations yeah, I think, with you, people you and know. you spend time, you ask for help, you do all those things. So, I mean, it's, this interview is 
you know, there's a wealth of information. It's it, she runs girl camper, but it's, it's not just for girls for this interview, but it, you'll learn a lot. And she's always open for new, new people in different areas to start chapters. So you'll hear a little bit about that too. The great pyramid of Giza, Colossus of Rhodes, the hanging gardens of Babylon and roughing it in style. All of these equal in history and magnitude, but only one you can visit now. You see, roughing it in style may not be ancient, but it's the only wonder that will bring wonder to your world. Roughing it in style is your source for interior design, furniture, reclaimed cabinets, and decor. They have two stores, one out west in Fort Collins, Colorado, and one up north in Harshaw, Wisconsin, 10 miles south of Manaqua. Plan your visit today and find out more at roughingitinstyle.com. What was that? The pyramid's still around? Why didn't anyone tell me? Roughing It in Style, a much better place for your furnishing needs than the Great Pyramid of Giza. So without further ado, enjoy our interview with Janine Pettit. We are so excited today to have Janine Pettit on as our interview and conversation. Janine discovered that camping was still in the cards for her when she stumbled onto an article about a women's outdoor adventure group that travels around the country in RVs, meeting new friends, checking off bucket list adventures, and doing things she had only dreamed of. She has become an ambassador for the girl campers everywhere. She encourages them to go places and do things on her Girl Camper podcast, through her Go RVing blog, and with her frequent public speaking engagements. So Janine of Girl Camper is joining us today. And Janine, I'm so excited to have you here. Kristen, I, I'm such a fan of yours. I I I drool over your Instagram account. <laughs> That's how I came to know you because you and I are like kindred spirits with all the beautiful camp things. We love to collect. So it's a thrill for me to sort of meet you, meet you online. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we've been friends for a little while. So you were one of the first people I wanted to be able to talk to on here and, and to introduce you to Eric. So I'm excited oh. about this and to all our listeners. Well, I'm thrilled. I always love to talk about girl camping. Yeah, that's fun. And, and that's one of my first things I want to know about is... Um, it, it, now, as we look at it, you have this gorgeous magazine, this beautiful mm-hmm. website, you have groups around the country. You were just on the Today Show, but how did it <laughs> all start? Like, what was the beginning? Oh, gosh. You know, I think it started just like, because when we do things that we love, we want other people to know how fun they are, right? So if you have a great Chinese takeout place, you're going to tell everybody if you if you want, you know, General South Chicken, here's the place to get it, right? So right. when I got married, I married a non-camper. And I would say <laughs> this in interviews, but you just assume, really, when you take a non-camper camping, he's going to love it. But I took my husband camping and he didn't love it. He actually pulled in the driveway when we got home and said, thank God that's over. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, and I was crushed. I was absolutely crushed because I had been trying to talk him into doing that for the longest time. And when we finally got out, 
it just kind of reignited all those juices in me. And so all weekend long, I was thinking next week, and we're going to go out and buy a pop up. We're going to take our kids camping. And the reality is my husband was working six days a week in those days. And we had a little beach house at the Jersey Shore. It just didn't fit into our lives. But somewhere down the line, when the kids were away in high school and they don't need you like they do when they're little. I found out that there's women who go camping without their spouses. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I I was like, whose brilliant idea was this? And I went out and I bought myself a little vintage 1959 field and stream off eBay site. I'm seeing $2,500 and, and got a hitch on my car, and I started camping with some girls in my area in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. And I did that like five times a year. I would go two times in the spring, and then summer was all the kids and the family and home and hearth. And then in the fall, I would always do a trip, September, October, November. Having those trips to look forward to with those girls was so much fun. But then I also realized because I grew up in a camping family, I grew up towing. I, I drove my parents' motorhome from New Jersey to Illinois when I was 18, 19 years old. Wow. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't afraid of those stuff. You know, my dad would be like, me, it's your turn. Get behind the wheel up here. And he would, I couldn't even listen to that Alan uh, Jackson song, Drive, without crying. That was my dad, <laughs> yeah. you know? And he was just like, you got this, honey. You know, keep a look out in front of you. I never felt anxiety. But I saw that other women were like, I want to do what you're doing, but I don't know how to get started. And then I also saw that there were women out there who would just dive in and not know what they're doing. And they're towing this giant trailer on a little tiny tow vehicle. They don't have any chains. They don't have safety things. <laughs> so, you know like an accident waiting to happen. So I started just kind of blogging about that. Uh And then I came to the attention of Go RVing, which is the marketing arm of the the whole RV industry. And they're like, solo women travelers. Like, we don't don't write about them. And they asked me to write a blog for them. And I, I was like, enchanted i was like go rving is asking me to write a blog for them. Yeah, <laughs> like, right? I, I couldn't believe someone was giving me money to write for them and um it kind of just took off from there and then someone else came along and said you should do a podcast and then covid hit and i said you know what i think i'm going to start a magazine <laughs> so you know it's like a snowball going downhill christian and eric it's just taken on a life of its own <laughs> well i am so glad it has because I am so inspired by what you do, and you've done a great job with all of it. So this is so fun. Aww, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so it's been it's been really interesting diving into your blog and onto your Instagram page, too, and just seeing all the visuals and the different campers that everyone has and the colors and mm-hmm. the amount of fun. You, you really do a good job showcasing the life. So can you talk a little bit about what you know, what a chapter is like, kind of how they plan, and then a little bit of what, uh, say, do you guys do it over weekends or more weekdays? Or just talk a little bit about the experience that people go through and the gals that go with you. Well, thanks, Eric. We, um, like, gosh, I think it's two years this coming um, November. We had this idea on New Year's Eve sitting here toasting, you know, like, how can we help more women? Because I used to just fly all over the country and go to RV shows and talk to people, but they needed a place to go, you know, like they needed a website to go to and say, here's an event that's happening, you know? And so 
we decided to create a micro business. And um, I looked at the model for Macaroni Kid, which was a really well-known blogger, Joyce Shulman, and she had a great, fantastic blog at Brooklyn, and she was making all kinds of money off her blog. And she thought, why can't other women do this? And so she started Macaroni Mom Chapters, and she had 750 of them all over the country where the bloggers would become experts in their area. And I thought, why can't I use that model for Girl Camper? And each one of these Girl Camper guides can have their own Girl Camper microsite where they can say, this is what's going on in Texas Hill Country. And if you're coming here in September, don't forget the German Festival. And if you're going here. So I thought, this is cool. I'm going to do this, right? That's like, great. like I could just do it, right? Yeah. And, you know, $50,000 later and, you know, building the website and lawyers and all that, we got it off the ground and it's going great. And so we create these Girl Camper chapters and those women who own that chapter, they create the event. But more than just creating the event, they know what to do in their area. So if I were coming up there to Wisconsin, you know, I would be like, what should I do? I'm going to be here and you would be able to tell me the best place to get, you know, whatever the best food is in Wisconsin, you right. know, cheese, you yeah. know, whatever. <laughs> so, so these women, these women are like the tourism experts for their area too. But the other thing, Eric, that is so cool about the events they plan is we like to say there's no wrong way to camp like a girl. So like those Texas girls, you know, it's go big or go home. I mean, they're always <laughs> playing dress up. They've got these events and they're themed and they're just, you know, they had a they had an event last weekend called Just Peachy. And all the girls learned how to can peaches. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So anyone who ever wanted to learn how to can peaches, so they, they got a, a campground there and they loaned them the kitchen and everybody canned peaches. And at night they all sat around and had a campfire and went swimming. And so everybody does it the way they like. And so when you're up in um, South Dakota, where I went to visit the girl campers in South Dakota last summer with our um, girl camper guide, Lisa McDermott up there, we all went uh, tubing or no rafting on the Nairobi River in uh, what's the name? Ballantyne, uh, Nebraska. It was so much fun and so much more laid back. These girls don't want to do any kind of dress up or games or bingo with prizes. They're just like food, water, campfire. You know, so right. everybody has their own way of camping, and you just. You, you get to experience it in all different ways. So if somebody is wanting to start getting into camping, should they just go out and buy a camper and jump right in? Or what are your recommendations no, for getting started? I, I I would recommend that anyone who's looking at this and going, that looks like so much fun because, you know, this is what they say about um, RVs, you know. You start looking for your second RV the day you bring your first one home. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because really, until you use it, you don't know if it suits you. So I recommend that people do a lot of research, you know, um, do a lot of crowdsourcing, you know, go on the Girl Camper website and saying, this is, I'm just going to be a weekend person. You know, I'm not going cross country for three months. I want something small and lightweight, a couple, you know, half a dozen weekends a year, I'm going to use it. Well, when you think you know what you want, you get all the information, rent it. Go to outdoorsy.com and rent that unit. And it's 
experience it for a weekend. You may pay seven or eight hundred dollars to rent it for a couple of days, but if you get it and you go, I can't stand this bed, or I don't like the way the wall is angled here, you know, so you're going to discover what your you know model is that you're going to like. And, and the other thing I tell women too is, you don't need a camper to go on a girl camper event. So go on the website, find a chapter near you and sign up for a trip. One of the things our girl camper guides do all the time is that they create events at campgrounds that have rental cabins that you can put a, a, um, a tent up on. You could do car camping at. A lot of people empty all the seats out of their minivan, throw a cot in the back of that and just join the fun. When you're at an event and you're meeting all the other girls, that's a great time to crowdsource to go, oh my gosh, you know, how much is that weigh? Do you think my car would tow that? Um, do you have to pay to store that? Like, it's a great time to ask questions and learn. That's great. Describe the type of women that, that come on the um, girl camper adventures. Are they a certain age? Are they single? You know, what are the um Well, we have members. Yeah, it's across the board, but I will say that the majority of our members are aged like 50 to 70. So we are the queen of the 55-year-olds. (laughs) Nobody is not welcome. Everybody comes. But there is something about getting to that empty nesting stage where you're just like, okay, took care of the kids. Everybody went off to school and is you know, moved on in life. I took care of my aging parents. And now it's like my turn to do something fun for myself. So you'll see a lot of women in that just kind of post-retirement, early empty nesting stage who are out there (laughs) picking up their heels. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, when you hear about some of the adventures, it could be things that they've dreamed about for so long. Like, wow, I would love to go rafting. Or I never learned how to do crafts. And I think I'd love to do that. So it's a way to, to not only meet people, but maybe try a new dream out. Oh, there's a lot of that going on. So a lot of times we get to the campground and, and we explore things. We just did 100 women down in Burnett, Texas, down by Texas, outside of Austin. And we had a hundred women at the girl camper camperie last March. And we had the craft tent. We were reenacting the parent trap. We're like, why should this just be for kids? We want to go to sleepaway camp. Right. Yeah. And we, we chose this campground at Big Chief RV Resort down in Texas on beautiful Lake Buchanan. We played Capture the Flag for 100 <laughs> women. Oh, I love it. Oh, it, we all had on um, our matching t-shirts, like we had our uniforms, like at camp. Right. And everybody was given a different color. There were five different color uh, neckerchiefs. Like we had a camp. And so those five teams didn't get to meet together until 30 minutes before Capture the Flag. They chose a team leader and then they had like six challenges that they had to do, including starting a fire from scratch with a flint. Wow. Oh, it was so it was so much fun. And um, so those we had five teams of 20 all racing around this campground, including having to paddle out and capture the last flag out on a raft in the in the water. And the the last team to get to the shore, so there were five different uh, floating devices. So one was a really nice kayak, another one was a canoe, and the last person there got a paddle. 
you know, just, right. just, just like awesome. one of those ones that you have at the Y when you're learning to swim. So <laughs> it was just so much fun. And so we do big events like that. And we, we also do do bucket list things. We have got 20 girl campers. I'm going to be one of them. July 30th, we are pushing off from Lee's Ferry, um, I, Lee's Ferry, Utah. And we are going to do the entire length of the Grand Canyon, 225 miles in eight days. Oh, wow. That would be In a motorized amazing. raft. Yeah, just sleeping wow. on the sand on the shores at night. So uh, we do weekend trips just for a half a dozen girls getting together in a state park. And we do these big, crazy things. There's just no wrong way to camp. Well, I, I just think it sounds like such a great way to stay forever young, too. You know? Oh, it is. It, it's, it's so important, I think. You know, running Girl Camper has just made me really think about, like, how I want to go into this next stage of my life, you know, and I need to stay more physically active. I need to make better food choices. <laughs> I just right. need to, you know, have the energy to do the things you want to do. And somehow when you get out there with all the girls, I mean, we do eat our fair share of donuts. But um, <laughs> when, when, when you get out there, you're just like, there's so much to do and you want to stay healthy enough to do it, you know? Right. So the the I want to talk about the retro campers a little bit because I've always wondered. Mm. So you see these nice new campers and the different pop ups and things, but what the visuals and the the real connection with the, kind of the history of RVing and camping is these beautiful retro these whether they're I don't know if you go and find these ones that are you know in mint condition mm-hmm. or or if you are spending the time and energy or if your your campers and, and people are spending the time and energy to refurbish and remodel these things. Talk a little yeah. bit about that like the marketplace for those and yeah. are they functional like a, a new camper? Yeah. I know they're really charming. So let me tell you the pros and cons. And, and I also tell you, Eric, I'm speaking from experience because I have renovated nine vintage campers. Wow. And the first ones I got was lipstick on a pig because I didn't know any better. <laughs> you know, I, I, what axles? Look at these curtains. You know, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, Axel? Right. <laughs> you know? Grease the bearing? I look at this Pyrex ball. <laughs> you know, like so, you know. So I just was blind, you know. And thanks to God, nothing happened to me. But I did see things happen to other people because you'll see a vintage trailer sitting out in the field, and someone rings their doorbell and says, "Would you like to sell that?" And they sell it, right? And then the people go home and throw new tires on it and think you can just take that down the road. But usually there's a lot of water damage, a lot of rot. They're 50, 60 years old, right? So here's here's my thought on that, having done um, seven of them. And then the last two that my husband and I did, we gutted down to the skin, replaced everything and rebuilt it and put everything back in. Now I'm sleeping in this thing at night and I'm not thinking, I smell smoke. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) what's burning here, you know? So I use those with a lot more peace of mind. They are old. So there's you, they all have water damage. They all do. So you have to be very careful. Sometimes people refurbish and sometimes they refresh it. So if they just go in and put new tires on it, that's a refresh. Refurbishing is be like, I... I rewired this whole thing. It has all new proper lines. I'm not afraid the propane is going to blow up. So you have to, you know, get on the vintage camper website because they're a wealth of information. I don't want to discourage anybody, but after doing so many of them, what I did is I went out and I bought a Riverside retro 
Um, that's a brand new company. I mean, the company's not new, but they make brand new trailers that are look like retro. Oh. It has a beautiful birch wood interior inside. So I got mine in an all beige and it had a beautiful awning, all birch wood inside. Everything's brand new. So, but when you're inside, you're like, what year is this? You know, so that was the perfect match for me. And there's a lot of people now who buy. Um, who take newer ones that are kind of vintage looking and they style them in a way. Instead of going with a awning from a manufacturer, they might have a canvas one made and a railing put on it. So there's a mix there. But I understand the lure of that vintage trailer. It's so classic. It's what I grew up in and I, I couldn't stay away from them. But it, they're like owning a boat, you know, like a big, thing in the water you just keep pouring money in yeah. <laughs> right yeah so i i actually a couple of years ago i just said you know no more i really it's I, I had vintage trailers for years and that's lovely for two days two hours from home but it's not the kind of rv you take cross country unless it's had a frame off restoration so i really got my last one out the door and my husband and I had a very protracted parenting. We had a bonus baby. And so we had an extra like 10 years on that end. <laughs> and so on my last back to school night, when my youngest daughter was a senior in high school, I was sitting there thinking, oh my God, how many years is this? 27 years in a row of back to school night. When that kid graduated, I said to my husband, I'll see you later. And I hooked up that brand new trailer <laughs> of mine. And I went to Montana. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I just said, I'm gone for the summer. I just am leaving. I went to Yellowstone. I went to um, all these places. I couldn't get west of the Mississippi when my kids were all at home. So right. he actually flew out and camped with me and flew back home. And I drove the truck and the trailer back. So <laughs> that is awesome. Um, yeah, I wanted something really safe. So speaking of truck and trailers, because I know that's a question for a lot of folks, too, when they're getting into RVing. Talk a little bit about tow. I mean, you don't have to get into the nitty gritty details, but mm -hmm. what kind of vehicle do you want to have to be comfortable with towing in general? Is it just based on like, you know, something that can pull a boat or how do you, th how do you guys think about that? Yeah. How do you talk about that with your girls? Well, we cover it in the magazine a lot. Like know your tow. It's so important. Now I, you know, there's, a gross vehicle weight ratio, and then the trailer has a weight. And you want that tow vehicle. So let's say your tow vehicle can tow 7,500 pounds. You don't want to buy a trailer that's 6,500 unloaded. You know, like I always give like, I like a 70-30 ratio. I want to have at least a cushion of 30% there because that's an unloaded weight. And so when you wouldn't believe what stuff weighs when you start loading up a camper. so. It's really important that there's so many websites for this, and we have a lot of links to it too. But my thing to people is over tow, over tow. Have an engine that is bigger than you need because when you're talking about towing a boat or a trailer, it's not what you can pull, it's what you can stop. Oh, so good. you're going downhill, right? Your trailer is pushing you. You go to hit that brake, and that trailer is so heavy, it's Pushing your tow vehicle, it's not what you can tow. It's what you can stop. So it's just, just be smart. Just get something way bigger than you need. I have an F-150, 
and it has a 9,500-pound tow capacity. My camper weighs 3,500 unloaded, so I probably have a 1,000 pounds of junk in it. So, And then you have to weigh everything that you put in your car gets taken off that, too. So it's really important to learn all of these things and be smart when you're out there so you don't turn it into a white-knuckle thing and you can really enjoy it. That's great information. That's awesome. How often are you on the road? Like a typical... Yeah, the year before COVID, I did like 15,000 miles in that year. It was just a good year. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good year. Um, my youngest was just out of a high school, and I did a five-week trip down to Texas in the spring. And my husband will fly down and meet me and, um, and then go back home because he's not retired yet. And we did the Yellowstone and everything trip. But lately... Um, I, lately, I've been sticking close to home, mainly because of the magazine, you know, because it's a lot more work than um, than I bargained for. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a full-time job now, and you can work from the road. I mean, I can work from anywhere. Um, so, But lately, what I have been doing is just really camping close to home, heading up to the Boston area, heading into central Pennsylvania, down in Maryland. I, I kind of take a pinpoint where I live in New Jersey and I just draw like a three or four hour circle outside. And, and there's just so many beautiful places to camp that you never run out of new, new things to explore. I just had um, a friend um, from high school, actually. She lives in Michigan now. And I grew up in Texas. For all the listeners, Janine and I just found out today that um, her parents lived in my hometown. So we've probably crossed paths at some point um, years ago. But one of my high school friends, she and her husband, because of COVID and the kids' um, school this year, were able to work from home and their kids were um, doing remote learning. So they got in the Airstream and went camping for months and months. And I was so surprised because they loved going out West, but they actually loved going East. And when I think of camping, I tend to think about heading out West and going to Yellowstone and, Mm -hmm. you know, going to Montana. And they said they couldn't believe how uncrowded the camping was out East in Maine, um, Mm. close to Niagara Falls. They just found so many beautiful areas. Well, big secret here, upstate New York, Maine, and Maine is my favorite place in the world to camp. Maine in the summer is just exquisite. Another hidden gem that people never think of is West Virginia. They call West Virginia the Rockies of the East Coast. West Virginia is a big hidden secret. It is so beautiful. It has the most gorgeous state parks. And every time you go there, there's not thousands of people. Right. It's beautiful there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Kristen... Everybody should, at one time or another, go to Yellowstone. I mean, yeah. one of the most amazing places in the whole wide world. And I always think about this. I wanted to go there for so long. And even though I grew up camping, we never went there. And my husband couldn't take the time off. And I said, I'm going to go. And he said he would fly out. So when I arrived in Yellowstone, I was driving there myself. For, and I was crossing over from South Dakota. And I was coming in. And I um, got to the entrance of the park and I paid my, you know, showed my national park card. I got in and my GPS told me I was 26 miles 
from the campground. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the gate that I entered, the east coast, the east side gate of Yellowstone was 26 miles from Falling Bridge, the campground. So I was very tired and I was very anxious to see my husband who was already at the campsite. But as I started winding these roads, this, it started raining a little and then the sky broke open and these incredible beams of sunlight were coming through these clouds and there was rainbows and dark skies and, and the waterfalls. It was just mind boggling how beautiful it was. And I had my, iP- uh, my iPhone on shuffle on uh-huh. music. And it started playing God Bless America. <laughs> <laughs> what a and moment. Oh, my God. I'm crying. I'm just <laughs> driving through there saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is so beautiful. You gave us such a beautiful world. Like, I just I felt this incredible gratitude that I needed to express for all this beauty that is available for anybody. Right. Our national parks are for anybody. It costs 10 bucks to walk in. You know, you get a pass yeah. for the year and anybody can go there, you know, and it was such a brilliant thing that they did when they created the national park. So I would encourage everybody to at some point go to, you know, a couple of the national parks, but there is nothing like just, you know, camping anywhere. I mean, it's just such a wonderful way to um, decompress kind of release a lot of stress somehow when you're out by the campfire and you don't get wi-fi even though you try and you have to break (laughs) that habit of going to your phone and seeing if anything's coming through once you break that and it takes me about 24 hours to stop checking yeah then then i can get down you know i can sit in that chair and i can look up and i took my youngest daughter to colorado the western slope of colorado the year she graduated from high school and we were camping at 11,500 feet on the Grand Mesa. No hookup, nothing. I mean, no electric, nothing. My camper is modern and it runs on batteries. So everything works. But um, anyway, my brother-in-law, who is a real National Park nerd and science guy, said, <laughs> you know, hey, Janine, like, if you want to see the Milky Way, you got to set your alarm for 2.30. So, you know, I did that and I got outside and it felt like it was an arm's length away. We were camping at such a high elevation that it, it was like right in your face. It was, I never saw anything like it in my life. It was so beautiful. So I went in to try to wake up my daughter and she wouldn't budge. So the <laughs> next day I said to her, you're getting up with me. Lay out your boots. <laughs> yeah. Lay out those boots and put your jacket, sleep in your sweatpants because it was like 40 degrees, even though it was end of July. And I said, we are going out to see that Milky Way. And here's a teenager, right? So attached to their phone. I got her up and complaining the whole time. And we get out there. We sat in our big, fuzzy, stargazing chairs. And we looked up and she was like, wow, this is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I stayed out there for an hour, but she went back after 10 minutes. But you know what? You planted that seed. You got the memory is there. You did it. Wow. So speaking of just memories and what, is that that sounds like a, an amazing experience? What for people to make those memories? What kind of investment are you talking like when you, girls want to get into getting their own camper, mm-hmm. or maybe you? I mean, you recommended renting to find out before. Is mm-hmm. t- talk about joining a chapter, or getting into it. What what are we talking for someone to start up in this? Well, kind of you lifestyle? could you could. 
you could literally spend a hundred dollars, Eric. I, you know, I tell this to women all the time, go on Facebook marketplace and buy somebody's old pet that's been sitting in their garage for 10 years since they opened it. See if you like it, you know, like most of our girls start out with a tent and they're like, this is so much fun. And the tents are so pretty and they put a cotton on your, you know, we're past that age of sleeping on the ground. Right. So get a nice cot. Don't, don't tell my children that. Yeah. Don't tell my children that. <laughs> they can sleep on the ground, but yeah. not us. And so even if you just emptied all the seats out of your minivan and put a cotton there, don't feel like it's about what you're camping in. It's really not. It's about that bonding with other women. It's about getting out around that campfire and women tend to hold a lot. You know, like we do have a, wear a lot of hats. You know, you're usually taking care of aging parents. You have kids you're trying to launch or maybe you're still working. You get around that campfire and you get that campfire going and it's just, it's so good for the soul. But women need the friendship of other women. We lost that clothesline culture that our mothers had where all the women stayed home. There was nobody who worked and they lived right next door to each other and somebody could borrow a cup of sugar. Women don't have the ear of other women anymore. They don't talk it out. And so I think the important thing is not so much what you're camping in, is that you join a tribe, you find some people to just do things with. That's great. So you are... And if you... Go ahead. Yeah, if you're going to buy it, I, I will say... If you, you know, if you know, I'm not doing that tent thing. I'm not being in a tent in the rain. I'm going to get an RV. There is such a price range in RVs. It's not even funny. One of the girls here, she bought a little, um, right, not going to be able to think of the name of it now, Coleman. It was a Coleman camper, $9,000 she paid for this thing. And it was a year old. And she she's only using it six or seven weekends a year. She's not living in it. She's, it's a recreation vehicle. That's what RV stands for, just mm-hmm. for weekends. It's a little shelter. And for what it costs her, she has more fun in that thing. And then if you wanted to make a bigger investment in an RV, you could rent, you could buy an RV, but then you could rent it out on outdoorsy. When you're not using it, you could rent it through a platform like Outdoorsy and, and have other people pay the bill for you. That's a great So idea. there's a way to do it. When there's a will, there's a way. That it's like a, a VRBO for camp campers then. It's what it, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. So you said you're going down um, the Grand Canyon, kind of a bucket list. What else is on your bucket list that you have not done yet? Oh, so there's only four states in the country I haven't been to yet. North Dakota, Washington State, Idaho, and Oregon. So I would like to get out there. I really want to do the Pacific Northwest. And I also want to go to, I, I don't know, I haven't, oh, there's one more. I haven't been to Alaska. So I, I do want to go see the Northern Lights. I think you people in Wisconsin can see them from your backyard, right? Yep, <laughs> yep, we can. Yep, this is a really no, worth I it. know. Oh, I know I want, I camped a lot in the upper PI when I was a kid. And I just remember, I just remember that. And I, I want to do that again, but I, I have lots of things. <laughs> I think you're yeah. going to get it done too. I think you definitely I know. will. Yeah. 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 You know what they say about how you eat the elephant one bite at a time, right? Right. 
Uh, this year, my bucket list trip was um, the Grand Canyon. The year before COVID, because we didn't do anything last year, I took a bunch of girls and we went camping in Galway, Ireland. Oh, really? That was a bl- Oh, my God. I gosh, didn't hear that, that part was- yet. Wow. Oh, yeah. That was so much fun. So we went on a private nine-day tour of Ireland, and um, we hired a, a wonderful a woman from Waxahachie. Seriously? Mary Baskin, who... Vagabond travel. She creates boutique travel experiences for people. Yeah. And I I said, would you create a trip to Ireland? And it was so wonderful. We went and stayed in all these places. And because we were the girl campers, she arranged for us to camp in these glamping tents in Galway. We walked to the pub. And I never drank so much in my life. But (laughs) you, you, you you can't stop yourself. You can't. I'm telling my husband, when you're in a pub in Ireland, there's no pipes in music. There's no TVs playing. We were eating at a little restaurant by us, and I said, I got to get out of here. There's so much incoming. I can't even hear what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> when, when you're in Ireland, there's no TVs on the walls. There's no music being piped in. There's just the locals talking and playing their own dobros and instruments and breaking into song. It's <laughs> so much fun. Oh, that sounds amazing. It was, it was. And, and you just bond with these women. You know, I maybe knew five or six of them until we took off on this trip. And now all the girls who went to Ireland together are doing a camping trip in Tennessee in November. Oh, We're fun. having a little reunion. Yeah. So, you you know, you bond with your travel friends. Well, and you have some states that don't have a chapter yet. So if there are listeners who love to camp, love sharing about their area, I know they can go on to your website, girlcamper.com, and they mm-hmm. could apply to um, yeah. run we, the chapter uh, there. We, had, we have 180 applications to be Girl Camper Guides, but we take them on five at a time. Okay. Because our other guides mentor the new guides, and I personally mentor a lot of them. And really, to, to everybody to understand our mission and to really be incorporated into our whole company home and family, we just take them on five at a time. So we just took on uh, North Dakota and Nebraska and um, Virginia. So those are our new ones coming out. And we just have a new Iowa guy. So we don't have a Wisconsin one. (laughs) I saw that. I've been talking to the Kentucky guide. So, um, oh, Ainsley, yeah, yeah. So, we're, um, she sent me some special ingredients because they have their own cocktail, the girl campers in Kentucky. Oh. And so, she sent me some of the special ingredients so that, um, I can make it. So, I'm going to share that with, um, our Ainsley followers. is the best. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's so good at social media too. Every, every time she puts me to shame, but, Ainsley is such a great sharer and she has fabulous ideas. And if you've seen her RV renovation too, so she had a newer one and she just did a fantastic RV makeover. It's, it's so inspiring. So I'm excited to do that. And I'm curious too. So you talked about, um, you know, when I introduced you, I said that you read um, an article that kind of got your uh, girl camping um, interest peaked. And I think it might have been the same article I read years ago out of my mother's country living magazine. Did it happen to be the uh, girls on the fly article? Yes. 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 Yeah, and I, I think I saved that for years. And then I went online and I joined every girl camping group out there, oh. RVing women and uh, the fly girls and 
And then I started writing for writing for Go Our Being and I started Girl Camper and I was just like I joined every single women's outdoor adventure group out there. And so I saw that article and really what I wanted was the trailer. Yes. I, I wasn't so enchanted with the camping. I was just like, ah. But I said to my husband, man, we had three kids at home still, and we were also foster parents. I'm like, I just want to hide in that thing in the driveway. (laughs) (laughs) That might be an idea for a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, oh, imagine. And and that's what, honestly, my husband and I would sit there on Friday night with a pizza and a bottle of wine, and we would hear kids, mom, mom. And I'd say, shh, don't answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is great. I would. Take one of the kids out there and lay in the bed and say, it's your special time with mom. We're going to watch a movie out here. Even if you're not camping every moment, but you own an RV. I know you have one now, Kristen. It's it's a little retreat house. You know, it's a playhouse in your backyard. Right. I mean, I, I, I use mine so often. In fact, my husband, who doesn't like to camp at all, he was been so stressed out and he has so many projects going on at work. And then he comes home and the phone rings here all night long. And I said, you might as well take the camper and go out to the campground 16 miles from us. And he's like, why would I do that? And I said, just decompress. Right. You should change your, and, and he's there now. And he, he calls home every five minutes to ask me how something works. But um, <laughs> he's like, and he's like, there's no Wi-Fi out here. And he said, it's so great. You know, he can make a phone call, but he can't get anything streaming. Right. And he's like, I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm playing my guitar. He brought his guitar with him. He's sitting in the camper playing his guitar. And I'm like, see? Yeah. It works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's so so good. Even even if you buy a camper, you don't have to rationalize that. How many weekends a year will I use this? And will it make it worth it? And do that mental math where you're saying, well, this camper is costing me seven hundred and ninety dollars. you know, every time I camp in it, that's not the way to look at it. The way to look at it is how much joy it's bringing you all the time. Right. Yeah, and I think and and yeah, the residual from those trips stays with you. <laughs> that's so true. And you talked earlier um, before we were recording about how your camper is kind of your mobile cabin. You know, so, and when we talk to cabin, um, people that own cabins, get away to cabins, Mm -hmm. the things that you're talking about are the same things that everyone talks about. Those making memories, connecting with nature. I know I have got to get to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma now that I listen (laughs) to that on your podcast, because that looks like a great place to go. Right. But I... I grew up in Chicago, and so we camped a lot in Wisconsin and in Minnesota and in Michigan. Growing up, and it was always on a um, a cabin. You know, you know, we would bring our family pop up up there, and somebody, lots of friends had cabins up there, and all the kids would sleep in the pop up, and the parents would sleep in the cabins. That's the old days when you didn't worry like you do now. But um, we had so much fun on those cabins in those lake homes, you know? And so for me, when I got this camper, I really wanted it to have the feel of those beautiful cabins I grew up in, you know? So mine is very specific, you know, it's just full of things that are important to me, you know, and things that resonate with me. I've got, you know, an old Pendleton blanket, um, you know, uh, that my aunt gave me. And I've got a picture of all of, I have six siblings. So the seven of us on 
fishing in Fish Creek, Wisconsin, when we were kids in a rented cabin up there. And it's just full of things that, you know, make me feel good. So when I go in it, it really is a place of rest. It's full of treasures that, you know, just make me feel, whew, come down now, Janine. Whew, calm down. Right. <laughs> yes, it's so good. And that's what your husband's doing right now. He's getting to know exactly what you're talking about. He's never done this before, and I think it's very funny. But I, I've been promoting this for him. You know, he sees me do it. I said, just take a camper and go for a couple days, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's only 16 miles from home. But it's when you get out of the campground, it's a different world. Right. It doesn't matter if you're 16 miles from home or 1,600. It, everything in you just starts to relax. And it's, I don't think you can take RV or you can't take resort vacations. Every once in a while, we go down to Mexico or go to a resort on an island somewhere. And it's it's lovely in January when the snow is flying to do something like that. But you you don't meet people. Like, you don't go home with the phone numbers of the people who had the cots next to you at the pool. When <laughs> right. you're, yeah, what, yeah you, you're not going to exchange emails with these people. You're not going to meet them next year at a different place. But when you're camping and you meet people at the campground, you're like, oh my gosh, we'll go there with you. I have so many friends that we have met at campgrounds and now we camp with. So you just kind of make new friends. And even if you're only online friends, you you don't even do that at, at a resort vacation. You just say nice things to people and you go home. But when you're camping, it's a different world. So true. What what do you think it is about RVing in particular that draws people in terms of like it it is extra work you mentioned going to a resort and being mm-hmm. kind of served to and taken care of and yeah. pa- pampered, right? And RVing yes. is kind of like self-pampering. You got to set it up, you do all the stuff, but it it's this incredibly relaxing experience, but there is work involved in it. What do you think it is about the work of RVing that makes it I guess that much more satisfying? When you do it. it, you know what? It's, it's, I, I always tell this to my husband. It's like, I, I was camping by myself about uh, two weeks ago. And on Sunday morning, when I was going to drive home, it was raining. So I had to take the whole thing apart, you know, cranking up my stabilizing jacks, everything in the rain, everything's coated with mud. I had to wipe everything down. By the time I got in that truck to pull that thing away, I was a soaking wet, humid mess and everything. But there, I said to my husband, there's something about it that it feels like you're in a, your own little mini episode of survival. You know, like <laughs> it, it is. I am just like, you can do this, Janine. You can do this. You know, and I'm like, I feel so satisfied when I get in it and I've checked everything and I know that, you know, my tires have the right amount of air in it and I've got everything hitched up right and I'm getting this little girl home. And there's something about it. Like we, we, live so much in a world in which we're always looking for the shortcut, the easy way. Everything about our lives right now is how can we make it shorter, easier, quicker. But I think all of those things from even just microwaving leftovers, they they don't come with the level of satisfaction. You know, there is something satisfying about knowing, um, you know, I, I can get dirty. I can get wet. I can use my muscles. I can get this thing home. And it is like making camp. It's, it's so caveman, you know, but you get out there and you get that fire going and you cook your dinner over an open fire. I don't know. There's something so oddly satisfying about that. And it's, 
it just makes you feel like, you know, I can survive in this world, you know, and uh, I don't know, it spills over for me into a lot of areas of my brain in which it just reminds me that to push yourself a little, yeah. you know, to, to, yeah, set goals, reach goals and, you know, not be afraid of a little hard work. Yeah, we talk a lot about my family with my little kids already about just being capable, or I, I talk to them a mm-hmm. lot about it. And it sounds like that is a wonderful pathway, even as you know, an adult and you've experienced things in life, but you're picking up a hobby that is teaching you that you're a lot more capable at problem solving than you think you are. And when you run into things that you know aren't easy and you don't have cell phone reception and you can't just pull up a right. YouTube video to show you exactly how to do it, right. you, you might have to walk over to the next camp next door and ask someone for right. help. And that might be out of your comfort zone, you know, and Man, it, it, is, oh, it is a great way to grow as a person while still is. having a, a great time. And I find that on my own, too. I think a lot of women my age, uh, I just turned 61, and I, I see a lot of women my age who are already widowed or they're single, and they're like, I'm not going to sit at home just because I don't have a husband to do this with. And I always want to... My husband doesn't generally like to do this. He's just not a camper. Um, but I want to go back to something you just said, Eric. For families, this was huge. So if you have young children and you're camping, and I remember as a kid when we would all pile out of the station wagon, all nine of us, we all had a job. you know. And there's something about that teamwork that you create in a family when you all have to work together to make this thing happen. And who was in charge of the stakes and whose job was it to, you know, um, get the water filled up. In those days when we camped, we filled up our own water jugs. And so there's a team thing that happens with your children when you all have to work together to get something done. And it completely bonds you as a family in a way that, you know, a Disney vacation doesn't. So true. And when we talk about these things too, one of the scariest things I think or most intimidating, maybe not scary for a lot of women are two things on my mind, traveling solo and Mm -hmm. um, pulling the trailer, just backing a trailer up for me is something that is Mm -hmm. on my bucket list to learn to do. You know, I go to, with my boat, put the boat in the water and I grab a fisherman nearby to help me back in. You know, I haven't gotten the courage yet to, to learn on my own. So there's no shame in that Kristen. Well, first of all, I tell women, most people are, most women are afraid of towing. Mm-hmm. They're also afraid that the trailer is going to pop off the ball somehow. <laughs> and that is very rare. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen it happen, but it's user, it's user fault, yeah. you know, but so you work with a checklist, right? And there's a couple of ways to know that it is attached. You roll it back up and if it's pulling your car up, it's attached. So you just check that, right? Yep. That's an easy one to fix. The towing, I tell people, Head over to U-Haul, rent that little tiny trailer from U-Haul that's nineteen ninety nine a day, and the thing you use when you bring your kids' crap home from college, <laughs> and you they give them to anybody. You walk in there with a driver's license, and they'll hook one up to your car. Now, you know statistically, actuaries would never let that happen <laughs> if it was not a, if it was a risk, right? Right. So. There's a reason anyone walking in with a valid driver's license gets to go away with one of those. It's not dangerous. So when you get one of those and it's empty, it's it's not a $30,000 camper. It's a little tiny U-Haul and there's nothing in it. So 
you can drive that around your town on a Wednesday afternoon when the kids are in school and there's no buses on the road and just go, okay, this is it. I, it's, it's still behind me. Imagine that. <laughs> right. And you can figure out, oh, I just turned here and I didn't jump the curb, you know? <laughs> so you watch a couple YouTube videos first and then you go out and practice that. When it comes to backing up, I will tell you this. For the first two years I had my little vintage camper, I paid for pull-through sites, probably paid $20 more per night because I was so stressed out over the backing it in. Uh-huh. And then, then on that trip to Yellowstone, then I got a little better at it and I would try, but it would take me three, four, five, ten tries to get the thing in there and everybody starts talking to you like turn the wheel this way turn the wheel this. you gotta exactly. shut you you know yeah. you learn this by trial and error like okay i turned this way and the trailer went that way you have to shut people off and really you create a muscle memory just from doing it and so when i went to yellowstone we traveled seven days from new jersey to yellowstone and every night we were in a different stop so seven nights in a row i had to back that thing into a different site by the time i got home from yellowstone i had it down so it's just doing it right so if you're going to the same place and you're going to camp for five days you're not you're going to get that thing in but then it's going to sit there for five days and you might not take it out for another month you need a good cross-country road trip to get that that's great advice and I know I pulled don't a trailer. Worry about it. Someone will, yeah, someone will help you. I pulled a trailer with um, following my husband, and we it had our ATV on it. And in my head, mm-hmm. as I'm asking him about what this is going to be like, I pictured I was going to be like a truck driver where I had to like make the huge turns. And he's like, mm-hmm. Kristen, it'll just follow you. Just drive. Yeah. And that was the best yeah, advice. I'm drive. like, it's like magic. It just mm-hmm. follows me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. great. Well, and people, people, I, I, I did a little video on this. I was at a gas station one time and I just thought, all right, I'm going to jump out and do a little Instagram story. People are afraid to jump in the curb at the gas station. So uh-huh. if you look at the back wheel on your trailer, when it gets to the edge of the concrete where the pumps are, that's where you pivot. Okay. That's where it's safe to turn. So there's a little trick. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, yeah, no, it, it, it's intimidating, but it's doable. Like my dad used to tell us when we were kids, the guy who does this or that for a living gets up every day and he puts his pants on one leg at a time. And so do you. <laughs> every day, people are out there towing trailers, so you can do it too. You just have to go in it with that mindset. This is not some special skill set. It's just something I haven't learned yet. That's so true. That is great advice. So one of the things that we ask everyone that comes on the podcast is describe your perfect day. So when you're at one of your events and you wake up in the morning, what what is the day that you visualize your most perfect day? What st- started off from the waking up until going to sleep at night? If you could describe that for us. Oh, oh this would this is going to be fun. Okay, one of the things I love about waking up in the camper in the morning is that I'm all alone. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 sorry, Rick, <laughs> but I, yeah, sorry. I love to set up my coffee pot before I go to bed at night. I have this little vintage percolator and I plug that thing in because I've set it up and that coffee starts brewing and 
I get back in bed with my coffee and I have a big window where I can see out. So I just love to lay in bed in the morning with my journal and my prayer books and have my coffee and just have that like downtime. But then I love to junk. I love to go junking. So having the girls with me and having a junking day and going out to lunch would be heaven. <laughs> that would, you know, coming back to the campground with all the girls. We do this thing where everybody kind of retreats to their trailer like four o'clock and then everybody does their power nap. And then at five o'clock, everybody comes out and you know what that means. It's happy hour. <laughs> right. So generally over happy hour, everybody pulls everything out of their bags and shows what they bought. I got this. It was $2. I picked this up for you. You want to trade? You know, there's a lot of, you know, swapping going on. And then just really, I love nothing more than a steak on the grill at the campground and a fire with all the gals. But my absolute favorite thing is when I am leaving somebody's campsite and I'm walking back to my own camper and I see the little light on inside my camper. It's almost like my camper's waiting for me. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and, and I love just looking at it as I'm walking up to it with that light glowing inside and I walk into that little cabin and I just feel like, oh, this is going to be so lovely. I just get to lay here, veg out and be it's so relaxing. I love to open the window at night and hear the creek or the wind or the just hear nature happening, owl tooting. It's just, I live in a subdivision. And so being out in nature like that and having those windows open and just, uh, it's heaven. I love it. That sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know that our listeners are not going to have enough after listening to this conversation, they're going to want more. So in the show notes, we are going to put um, how they can follow you on Instagram and on the blog and your podcasts and, and all the places. And I hope they'll get Girl Camper magazine. Oh, they're going to love that magazine. So they can buy it at my shop at White Arrows Home here in Monaco, or they can get it off your website, subscribe to it. Yeah. Buy back issues. Yeah, we love we yeah, we love that you carry it. It's so we want to get it into more shops, but I think your audience is our audience too. So um yeah. thank you, Eric and Kristen, for having me on. This was so much fun. It was. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Cabin Cast. You can find details and more information in the show notes on our website at www.thecabincast.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you won't miss a single episode. Follow us on your favorite social media channels. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The CabinCast. We'd also love to hear from you. We want to hear your getaway and cabin stories. For a chance to have your story featured on an upcoming episode, email us at getaway at thecabincast.com. Until next week, enjoy the journey.